Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. So what are we doing during this series? Well, we are finding God's truth in some very popular movies. And for this month, it's 80s edition. Who's excited about the 80s edition? We got some good movies coming up. We've already done some good movies. Today, we're continuing with Back to the Future. And uh, I I want you to know that God has a good plan for you. And we're gonna be in scripture as well. In fact, I wanna go right in to what I think might be one of the easiest commands that Jesus has ever given us. Okay, so here it is. These are the words of Jesus, Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, what does it say? Do not worry about your life. Can we go home? This is easy. Come on. How many of us would say, well, easier said than done is what you meant to say there. Don't worry about your life. In fact, Paul writes it this way in Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. So if you're a follower of Christ today, if if Jesus is your Lord, that means that his words should be shaping your life. So when he says, do not worry, and you and I do, we're not living out the plan that God has for us. Now, what's so interesting about this phrase is, I use this phrase a good amount of time in in my day and in my life. In fact, If you like text with me, you'll know one of my go-to phrases is no worries. (laughs) No worries, bro, it's all good, no worries. My kids, they'll constantly say, you know, when are we gonna get there? Don't worry about it. You don't have to worry about that. We're gonna get to the party. We might just be late. Don't worry about food. We're gonna eat. I shopped earlier this week. Don't worry, don't worry. And I recognize that I can speak with such certainty to not worry to my children because of where I sit in the relationship I'm the father. Did you catch that? I can say, don't worry, because as the father, those are my things to be in charge of. You don't have to worry about where the next meal's coming from. You don't have to worry about when we'll arrive there. Don't worry about it. So I can speak this way to my kids, and yet when the father says to his kids, don't worry, we go, you must have lost your mind. Do you know all the things that I could worry about? (laughs) And and just think in your own areas of life. So let me give you some. Maybe today you're worried in the area of parenting. You know, you're looking at your children. You're saying, but what if they don't turn out right? What, What if they make bad choices? What if they don't live for Jesus? As a student, worrying about tests and and extracurriculars and fitting in all of us with status and approval, worried about relationships. What if this relationship ends? What if I'm not accepted? Worried about our finances. There's so many areas in our life where we can worry, and yet God says, do not worry. So if we were to boil it down to one thing, if, if I could just give you one phrase that I believe we are most worried about, here's what I would call it. We're worried about the unknown. You're worried about the things you don't know about. You're worried about the things that you don't know how it's gonna turn out. So right now, you're not worried about popcorn and candy because it's already in your hand. This is a good day. (laughs) You're not thinking about that. Like, okay, I got this in my hands. I'm aware of what's happening. You and I worry about 
the unknown. We worry about the things that we're not too sure of. How's it going to turn out? What's it going to be like? What's the outcome here? So watch this. Stay with me. We're worried about what we don't know. So what we try to do is we try to control what we don't know. (laughs) Well, instead of being worried about it, I'll step up and I'll take care of it. So there's two options I think we could take. And I'm going to call it this. You can either man up or you can give up. When it comes to an outcome, when it comes to take any area that you're worried about, I don't have to give them to you. You already know what it is. So parenting, finances, whatever it is, you say, I don't really know how this is going to go. Well, I've got two options. I can man up or I could give up. Man up says, I'm the master of my own fate. I control things. So I'm going to step in and I'm going to make sure this thing goes exactly how I need it to go. Basically, I'm going to take control. Give up says the opposite. I've tried so long. The universe has decided. Fate is set. There's no point. Who cares? Give up. Enjoy your life while you can. When it comes to unknown and worry, worry starts to well up in us because we don't know what's going to happen. There's this other tendency that says, well, I have to solve it or why bother? And I want to introduce you to Jesus who says, you don't have to choose either one of those options. There's a better way. If you're a follower of Christ today, I want to remind you of the hope that we have in Jesus when it comes to the unknown. Can I get an amen right there? Because there's hope. If you don't know Jesus, then today I want to invite you to know the one who says, but with me, you don't have to man up. You don't have to give up. There's a better way. So here's the truth I want to unpack this morning. God is in control and your choices matter. So it's not, all right, well, then it's already all decided. Why bother anyway? And it's not, oh, I can just do whatever I want and I can overstep. No, no. The believer knows God's got this. Say, God's got this. And my choices matter. (laughs) God's got this. And my choices matter. It's both. And you might find yourself on one side of this equation, but you need to be in the middle. You need to be where the end is. I'm trusting in God and he's called me to live a certain way. So I want to introduce you to a young orphan girl. Her name is Esther. Say Esther. Her name is Esther. She's a young orphan girl and she lives at a time where Persia is the leading empire. Persia has no sense of God in their government. Not one ounce of it. The most pagan nation you could think of. The most pagan empire. They did not serve God. They did not care about God. And they took over the Jewish people So now the Jewish people who honor God are in their control. The king gets upset with the queen and now he needs a new queen. So he sends out a decree to find some young women who might become the queen and Esther is chosen. Now there's a man named Haman and Haman has a plot to kill all the Jewish people, commit genocide. And the king signs off on it. Now Esther's Jewish Esther's in the palace, but she gets word from her cousin Mordecai. We'll call him Morty for this series. Morty and Marty. And Morty says, listen, just because you think that you're in the palace, you're not going to get touched by this. You're going to die too, Esther. And you need to go talk to the king. 
You need to go tell them what's going on. There's a problem though in this culture. No one can go talk to the king unless they've been invited. And Esther has not been invited for a few weeks. So here's the reply she sends back to her cousin Morty. It says this, all the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. And the king has not called for me to come to him for 30 days. She's got a pretty big decision to make and she does not know the outcome. Do I go to the king and risk dying? Do I stay here and die? <laughs> Those are not the best options when you have to choose what to do. Do I die there or do I die here? What, what do I do? There is the unknown. There is the uncertainty. There is undoubtedly in Esther the opportunity for worry. So she sends that reply to Mordecai and then Mordecai sends this back to her. Verse 13, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment because you're in the palace, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. In other words, you might be there and it might be all right, but don't rely on that because you're Jewish too. And when this decree gets executed, you too will get executed. So what he says next is the truth that we need to hold on to. It's our hope. Listen to his reply. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish and who knows, but that you have come to your royal position, say this with me, for such a time as this. Do you see the confidence in Mordecai's reply? He's telling us two things that are not competing. He says, relief and deliverance will arise. Like he's got some confidence in that. He knows, okay, listen, there's gonna be relief for the Jewish people. But also you and your family might perish if you don't move and act. And then he throws up, well, who knows? Maybe God's got you here for this time. Maybe he wants to use you. So he's not giving her man up, it's all on you, or give up, we're all gonna die. He's giving her a better truth. And here it is. We have comfort in knowing God is in control. And we have confidence in knowing your choices matter. Your choices matter. And... If you're a follower in Christ, you take comfort knowing my God is in control. He goes, listen, Esther, deliverance will come. But if you don't recognize the power of your choices, you may miss out on what God wants to do through you. Your family may perish. So then this is like back and forth. And remember, they're not sending emails. They're sending like carrier pigeons or something. This is like, this is old. So then in verse 15, Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, right? Now, now she's saying, okay, fine, I got your reply. Now I'm gonna reply. And in her reply, and this is where I want us to be practical today. In her reply, she says four things that we need to do when we are facing a situation that we're not sure how it will go. You ready? Say, I'm ready. Say it again if you're really ready. Ready? Here we go. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king. 
even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Esther replies with some confidence in her tone. And she says four things that she will do. These are choices rooted in the truth. God's in control. Why? Because God's in control and your choices matter. So she's going to do four things that I invite you and I to do. If you've never taken notes in church before, start today. Note takers are more likely to go to heaven. That's a made up statistic, but you should take notes anyway. You're probably going to know the first thing because some of you are wearing a bracelet that tells you to do this thing. It is our culture here at Blaze Church. Whenever we are facing a situation and we're not sure what to do, what do we do? We pray first. Pray first. And my prayer for you is that pray first is not a bracelet you wear, but it's a lifestyle you live. It cannot be something you just wear on your wrist if you are not doing it because choices matter. So Esther says, hey, Mordecai, get everybody to fast. What's fasting? Fasting is disconnecting from the world so that you might pray, which is connect with God. So she says, before I go to the king and I see if he holds out his scepter or not, you better believe we're gonna pray and fast for three days. She knows what you and I need to know. If you're facing a situation and you don't know how it'll go, you know who the best person to go to is? The one who knows, the creator. The one who has all the foreknowledge to know exactly how your marriage, your finances, your children, your future will turn out. He knows it. So why would we not go to the one who knows it best? Now, this is at the movies. I think we should start talking a little bit about Marty McFly. If you're familiar with the movie, Doc builds a time machine. And in 1985, Marty gets in it and it sends him back to the future. November 5th, 1955. Coincidentally, the day he goes back is November 12th, 1955. Today is November 12th, 2023. God is in control and your choices matter. And we didn't even plan that. So fun. So fun. So Marty goes back 1955. And the problem is he doesn't know how the time machine exactly works. And he doesn't have everything he needs to get it working 30 years prior to its creation. But you know who knows exactly what to do? The creator, the one who made it, Doc, 1955 Doc, who has not made a time machine yet, but on that day was the day he got the idea to do it. So Marty knows if I'm gonna talk to anybody, I'm gonna talk to the best person possible. I'm gonna go first to Doc, take a look at this clip, see what he does. There's Doc, there's Doc. He goes right to the source, the creator, the one who will know best. So why don't you and I, when we face situations and we don't know what will happen? Remember the verse we read at the beginning in Philippians? Don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Here's the rest of that verse. Don't worry about anything. Instead, say it with me, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Don't worry. Turn to somebody and just say, don't worry. And now say, pray about it. Pray about it. Pray. Prayer is an action. 
prayer is doing. So we as a church, yesterday we had a group of people gather to pray because we pray first. At the beginning of the year, we pray and fast for 21 days. And I want you to write down the dates so you're already ready. January 7th to January 27th will be our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We will seek God for three weeks and we'll make sure you have everything you need for a great time, prayer services and prayer guides and fasting resources. But church, I, I don't want us to be people who just say, oh yeah, pray about it or I'll pray about it. If we're not, <laughs> let's pray first. Esther says, make sure we're fasting. But notice she doesn't just say, I'll do it alone. Do you remember what she wrote? Back to Mordecai, what does she say? Gather all the people. Get all the people in Susa, all the Jewish people. We're gonna do this. Here's number two. We're gonna pray first, but not on our own. Second, we're gonna rely on others. Because some of us, we're going through such heavy situations. And maybe the reason why you haven't seen breakthrough in that area yet is because you're trying to man up, but it's not working, so now you're gonna give up. And God is saying, pray with others. How many, just by a show of hands, you've been so encouraged when someone has prayed for you? Come on, even if they've just sent you a text, hey, I'm praying for you. We've got prayer, we've got groups that meet and we pray with each other. It's just the most beautiful thing to know, really, you're praying for me? Thank you, because I need to rely on you. So Marty needs to get back to the future, but he can't do it on his own. He's talked to Doc, but he needs the help of some specific people. Now, and this is gonna sound weird, especially if you've never seen the movie, but in 1955, Marty's mom falls in love with him. <laughs> Awkward, I know. So Marty goes back in time, and instead of his mom falling in love with his dad, she falls in love with her son. Who picks these movies for this series? This is church. What are we doing? You just gotta see it. It makes no sense. So now he needs his mom to fall in love with his dad or he'll never be born. And in order to do that, he needs his dad to go to a dance with his mom because that's where they meet, that's where they fall in love, but his dad is a complete coward. His dad is just not gonna man up or anything. <laughs> to ask her out. So Marty's relying on the help of his 1955 dad. Take a look at what he asked him to do. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Could you imagine if your future was in the hands of that guy? <laughs> oh. Well, what I want you to understand guys is that you and I are called to rely on each other, that you're not meant to go through this life on your own. I've heard this so many times, people will say, yeah, but Pastor Keith, I don't wanna be a burden. Can I just call that lie out from the enemy? You are not a burden, ever. You're not a burden. You're carrying burdens and you're not called to carry those on your own. That's why I love my small group. Because when I gather in my small group, I can share what I'm carrying and they can say, well, you're not called to carry that on your own. Look at the words of Paul in Galatians. He says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
So you, you are not called to just pray on your own. You pray and you rely on others. You say, I need prayer. And that takes vulnerability and transparency. And the enemy somehow has lied to us. Amy talked about this last week to isolate us, to pick us off so that we might embrace rebellion, but we can be honest. Confess your sins one to another and you will be healed. God's got healing for you. We get to carry one another's burdens and that's what I love about Blaze Church. Let me read the next verse. It's just so forward. He writes this. If you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. (laughs) Say it again for the whole room to hear it. You're not that important. You need to understand that you are called to community with others. And we can't say, well, I don't have time to help you. I got my own things going on. No, no, we are called to carry one another. And when we choose to carry each other's burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ. And I wanna be a church that says, I'm carrying you, man. God's got this and I got you. And when those two things are coming together, then even though we may not know how it's gonna go, we can do the next thing, which is this, trust God's timing. We can trust his timing. Notice when Esther gets the message from Morty, she doesn't just go run and just take off to the kingdom. No, she says, okay, okay. Let's take three days. Let's pray and fast. All right, when that's done, then I'm going to go to the king. And look what she, she, she's going to go to the king, but first she's going to pray. She's going to rely on others. And now she's in a place where she's got to trust the timing of God. She's got to trust him. Don't confuse this We say things like this, I'm waiting on the Lord, which is so biblical, always waiting on the Lord. But waiting is not equivalent with inaction, guys. I'm just waiting on God. So so you're not gonna do anything? Are you praying? Are you seeking him? Are you talking to others about this? You're, you're, You're confusing waiting with inaction. It's not inaction, it is action. So she goes before the king and do you know what happens? He don't hold out that scepter and she dies on the spot. No, I'm just joking. That didn't happen. He holds, like, what Bible you got? He got the wrong version. I brought a guest today and he went rogue. He's changing the words. Step out. No, he holds out the scepter. Just making sure you're still with me. He's holding out the scepter. So now she gets to tell him what's on her mind. And this is what she says. If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king together with Haman come today to a banquet I have prepared for him. Esther, what are you doing? You just got the king's favor. Why are you having dinner? Why? Because dinner matters. It's one of my favorite meals of the day. And she knows that. And she says, all right, wait, I'm gonna trust God's timing. So I'm gonna have you come to dinner and I'm gonna see what God does there. And it says in the next verse, while they were drinking wine, the king said to Esther, now tell me what you really want. What is your request? I will give it to you. And even if it is half the kingdom, again, there's an opportunity. All right, the king's here. The wine's good. We're in good spirits. And he goes, come on, tell me what's really going on here. I know you didn't, you didn't wait all, you didn't come before me just to have me come over for some dinner. But she's still trusting God's timing. In fact, she doesn't tell him about the plan for genocide there. She says, okay, come back to dinner again tomorrow. She's trusting in the timing of God. There's a way for you and I to keep in step 
with what God wants us to do. To not be so far behind him and not be so far ahead of him that we miss what he wants to do in that moment through us. We pray, we rely on others, we trust his timing. Now for Marty, timing is everything for him. Because the way he got there was with plutonium, but they just can't get that in 1955. And so in order to get back, they need to, at just the right time, have a lightning bolt, strike this tower, send electricity through a wire, and Marty's got to be at 88 miles an hour, the exact time needed to start time travel. And all of this has, a lot has to happen in one moment. Take a look at this clip. Wow, come on, what was Doc's words? What did he say? Don't don't worry. As long as you hit that wire at the right time and lightning strikes and you're at 88 miles an hour, everything will be fine. Don't worry. What could go wrong? Thanks. Now I'm worried. (laughs) Everything could go wrong. That's why we need to come back to our truth. God is in control and our choices matter. And as we make choices that honor our King, we can trust that he knows how this is going to go. So where do these things come together? Write this proverb down, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Hey, you don't have to man up. You don't have to give up. You don't have to know exactly how this is gonna go. Trust in him. And now here's our choice. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. It's both. Can I be bold for a minute? Some of you, you have consequences from decisions you are making right now and you're blaming God. It's not his fault. You did not submit to him. He gave you the plan for finances, for relationship, for marriage, for your future, for your careers, for your time. He's given us that. That's his control. And we say, but I don't like your plan. And then when we get consequence, we go look at him and say, you're so mean. He goes, you chose not to submit to me. Come on, it's both. That's the invitation of a loving father. How loving would I be to my kids to say, you know what, just do whatever you want. It's all good. No, (laughs) because I love you. Because I know how this is gonna go. I want you to choose honor. I want you to submit. So for Esther... She's gonna boldly now do this fourth thing. She's prayed, she's relied on others, she's trusted God's timing, and now she's gonna do something. She tells the king with Haman sitting right there, Queen Esther replied, if I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request, I ask that my life and the lives of my people be spared. She goes for it. And do you know what we're gonna call that? Number four, act in faith. We're gonna act in faith. We're gonna act in faith. We're gonna take a step forward. We're gonna say, God, I've prayed. I've talked to others. I'm trusting your timing. And now I'm stepping forward with what I do know. I may not know it all, but I know enough to take an act of faith. Isn't this what we're doing with Landmark Blaze Church? Come on, it's what so many of you have said. You know what? We've prayed, we sought the Lord. We talked to others. We had some great moments. We're trusting God's timing, the story he's writing. And now you know what? We don't got it all figured out, but we got enough to know it's time to act in faith. It's time to put our our foot forward and trust our God. And I wanna say thank you because I'm so honored to be doing this around such men and women of faith. Can we thank God for what he's doing through our church? Because he's calling us to something big. 
We're trusting him. Sometimes you just got to put the pedal to the metal. You just got to go. And that's where Marty finds himself. Take a look at how the movie ends. He's back. He's back. He had to just do it. He had to get in the car. He had to go. He knew what to do. But how many know there's a difference between knowing and doing? Know what to do, but are we doing it? Now, the author of the book, James, is James, and he grew up with Jesus. He was born of Joseph and Mary, this James. And he did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. It's written about in the Gospels that he, he didn't believe him. He thought he was crazy. And then after the resurrection, because remember, Christianity is not about a teaching. It's about an event. When he sees his brother, so to say, rise from the dead, he then says, that's my Lord. That's my Savior. That's my master. And he writes, and his writing is so practical. It's in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. And in it, he writes this verse, and I want you to hear it when it comes to acting in faith. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. Not a mistake, not confusion, not a slip up, not whoops. It's sin. When we know what to do and we don't do it, God says that's sin. Now, Paul writes where sin abounds, grace abounds so much more. But he also writes, should we go on sinning so that we can get more grace? And he answers the question with, absolutely not. <laughs> I just want to be so clear this morning, church. When you have a decision to make and you don't know how it's supposed to go, you pray, you rely on others, you trust God's timing. And most of the time we're saying, but I don't know what to do. And God's saying, yes, you do. I've already told you it's time to act in faith. It's time to stop that. It's time to trust me. It's time to believe. It's time to forgive. It's time to give. It's time to share. Whatever it is, God's already, he's given us his word. And students, the sooner you can grasp this and live for Jesus, oh, the things you can do in your life. Adults, there's grace and forgiveness, but let's not cheapen his grace by ignoring what he's called us to do. So we're gonna pray. We're gonna talk to others about it truthfully. We're gonna trust God's timing and oh, we are gonna act in faith and we're gonna be a people that bring the hope of Jesus to the east end of Long Island. Come on, do you receive that this morning? Let's thank God for his word today. God, we thank you so much. We thank you so much that you love us and that your word is for us. And today we surrender the areas in our lives that we are worried most about. Would you open your hands right now? God, we're holding on to things that you haven't called us to hold on to. And so we put it in your hands. We say, you're the one who's in charge. You're the one who loves us, made us, knows us. We trust in you. We seek you today. And when we hear from you, oh, we have good, good things in our lives. So I pray that there would be no confusion today in our hearts, that your word has been made clear and the areas where we need to let go and let you work, we will. And the things you're calling us to do, we'll do it. So I trust in God. In your name, amen. Amen.